What's up, guys? Max here, back with another episode of the Scuttlebutt Show. I want to say what's up to everybody in the chat, especially Game Hopes, who just dropped a 99-cent Scuttleburger. Thank you very much, and it's good to see you, too. Welcome back. It's been a while since we've had you in the chat, but it's great to see your face pop up in there. Thanks for joining us today. It's a pleasure to have you. Uh, what's up to Nuggets, Iron Lotus, Eviana, John, who uh, hopefully is listening right now, Eric McBride. Hopefully, uh, all the regulars are out there, haven't checked in in the chat yet. Alex, what's up? Everybody, I hope you're all doing well. I had a great weekend. I hope you did too. I know it's Sunday night out there and back in the United States or wherever you're tuning in from. It's Monday morning, 10 a.m. here in Okinawa, Japan. And uh, I had a pretty great weekend. I spent it catching up with a uh, old buddy who I hadn't seen in a while who happened to be out here in Japan. So we went, hung out, spent uh, some some fun time drinking a couple beers, hanging out, catching some sun, all that. It was a uh, really fun. I had a really good weekend. I hope you guys did too. And uh let me know. Let me know how your weekend was. I'd love to hear about it in the comments. Um, thanks, Game Hopes, for checking in. And uh, yeah, you're you're gotta always welcome. You're always welcome here in the chat anytime. And uh, let's see any other questions that I missed out there in the chat. Texas is hot and just sucking for you, John. I understand. I met somebody this weekend from Texas who uh, declared that Texas is in fact the greatest nation in the United States. And so you got to love that Texas pride. Hey, guys, make sure you are liking and sharing this video. And if you're listening on the podcast, go ahead and drop some ratings. You know, leave a star, leave a comment. Let me know what you're thinking. Um, I'm going to do try to do a better job addressing the podcast listeners because those numbers are actually going up. And I realized that, uh, you know, we're always talking in the chat. We're having a conversation. I'm doing a back and forth with the people who are watching the show live. And this goes up on the podcast. So to all the podcast listeners out there, I want to thank you guys for making this show so great. You're a big part of it. Um, and I'd love to hear from you. So if you're listening on the podcast and I haven't really ever heard from you, go ahead and drop me a line, shoot me an email, whatever on Instagram, something like that. And let me know what you think. If you like it, don't like it, whatever it is. Jesse, what's up? Welcome to the chat. Great to see you in here. We have a, uh, so, you know, about yesterday, about yesterday, I've been talking all, all weekend about the, the topics that we covered on last week's show. And we have some serious catching up to do. Now, I don't have an article here for this. But I have to talk about the Pentagon acknowledging that they bombed civilians in Afghanistan, which is now officially heartbreaking stuff. Um, and it's not only heartbreaking because 10 people died, including seven kids reportedly, and that the person that they thought they were targeting ended up being... A, an aid worker who was out there trying to help people that day. I mean, every part of this is horrible. But if you guys go back, you can watch my full, if you haven't seen it, you can go watch my full breakdown of the New York Times story that I think is the reason why the Pentagon had to come clean. And it's not even the first time the New York Times has done that. If you guys have been following along with my book, uh, the updates on my book, then you know that the New York Times also broke the story on the detainee, Dilawar, who was murdered in the BTIF. And that's chapter one of my book. And I read it on the show two weeks ago or whatever. So, the New York Times is out there doing some good stuff. Whatever you think about them, they're doing some good stuff sometimes. So that New York Times story breaks. I broke down a whole video. It's on the channel. You can go watch it after stream today and see my complete thoughts if you haven't seen it already or if you missed that episode. Um, but now they're saying, now they confirmed it, which, you know, when you hear about, the, when you think about the intelligence that they had, a white Toyota Corolla, about a billion of those floating around out there. You know, it's it's not enough. That's not enough to strike. And I, I just think, in my experience, how easy it is to not do this. You know, I'm, I just can't help but think how easy it is to not make this mistake. That it's unthinkable that they did. It's crazy. 
So it's just really bad. It's just really, really bad. If there's one, if there's one thing that uh, we can pull out of this and it's not even a good thing, but if there's one thing, it's that th hopefully there will be some accountability. Stu Scheller update, you know, I don't have anything new from him except for demanding accountability. But the person who, who authorized that strike should take accountability and there should be some kind of penalty. There should be some kind of penalty. They didn't have, it didn't seem like they had a good enough case to prosecute that target. There's probably lawyers involved in the strike. There was for sure lots of people in the chain of command. I don't know who the final sign-off was on that. If it was the president, I don't know who, but whoever the final sign-off was on that needs to bear some responsibility for what happened out there. That's my opinion on this. And not only that, but you've got a whole team of people who are responsible for that aircraft who have to live with this now. Um, and, you know, I hope that they didn't do anything like, you know, create any bad information, create a bad product. We would call it a product, a.k.a. like the intelligence that we've gathered, gathered on this target. We would call it a product. And if they gave up a bad product with some kind of misleading intelligence to influence this strike, because you guys remember me saying last week, I would say, you know, it appears to be something appears to be, it appears to be this, it appears to be that if they gave up some kind of bad product, that is a reason why they ultimately, you know, conducted this strike, then that's criminal. It's literally criminal. And so there's got to be some massive internal investigation. Now, to add to the depressing part of that, you've got a whole top tier of the government who came out and lied again and again and again to us. Middle finger in the face, like I'm always saying, you guys, middle finger in the face of all of us when they go and say it was a righteous strike, that this is the definition of the over the horizon capability, that you know, we had good intelligence that this was, you know, everything was on the up and up with this. And if it wasn't for the new, I'm starting to think if it wasn't for the New York Times, would any of this ever have come out? Would any of this information ever have been officially released or acknowledged by the government? And I think we probably all know, all know the answer to that, right? Which is no, of course not. Of course not. So it's, it's a terrible situation, a terrible situation. And for the family out there in Afghanistan, I saw a report that they're asking for um, monetary compensation for the death of their family, which, you know, is very common, very common. I've seen people show up at the gates of our bases with dead family members and they're just asking for money. Like they, they, there is a and if I could just, you know, transfer that to Japan and some other like cultural places where or some other cultures where that could be a, a norm in Japan, for example, and I've said this on the show before, I don't know if you guys remember hearing it. If you're in a fatal car accident and, you know, you cause the death of somebody else with your car, and aside from there being the, the potential uh, criminal charges filed against you, if it was negligence or DUI or whatever it is, it's also customary to give the family like $5,000. So there is this kind of, you know, what, what's the value of a life? Well, it's like $5,000, I guess. In, uh, in Afghanistan, they would come in, they would ask for like $100 or something if one of their family members was killed in a... In, during a firefight with the Taliban or something like that. Um, it's a weird, it's kind of a weird thing, but it's very, it's a very common thing. So when I heard about that, it just gave me some flashbacks to having experienced that kind of thing myself. Um, it is, it's, it's normal. It's a normal thing for the family to ask for money when it comes to the death of their family. 
Hopefully they give it to him. I mean, and then the right thing to do would be to give it to him. Give him, you know, $10,000, $20,000, whatever they're, you know, whatever they decide to give them. Just hand it, hand it over to him. What's the, what's the money even mean now? It doesn't, should hardly mean anything to us to just give them the money. So I hope that they do. Um, let me talk about some comments here really quick. I got to catch up with you guys. And then we, and then I have a good story. Then I have a good story for you. Scuttlebutt, I swear the Afghanistan situation gets worse and worse. Very true. And, uh, you know, on that note, I also was reading reports that recently, because the embassy had been overrun, all of the passport information and visa information um, was taken by the Taliban. And so now they have the information of every American who was there, uh, who is there now, and they have been going around hunting people based off that information. So Game Hope says the world's a mad place, and it totally is. America committed a war crime. That dumbass needs to be discharged immediately in court martial. Yeah, it was probably an Air Force person in charge of that aircraft and uh, who released that button, but they could have been following orders from higher, and those orders would not have been unlawful if they were being told, hey, this is the intelligence. We have human intelligence. We have uh, you know, image intelligence that's telling us that this is a, a bad guy, so we're going to go ahead and strike, and I'm ordering you to release that, that hellfire. you know, And then they have to live with that because they're pressing the buttons. Tiffany in the chat, what's up? Hi, Max and everyone. Sorry I'm so late. No worries. Happenings on earth are way beyond comprehension, Game Hope says. Totally. I wonder if Stu will call for accountability with his drone strike. Justin, I hope that he does. It certainly would be a, a more just cause than the failed withdrawal charges, in my, in my personal opinion. Um, let's see. Will they prosecute the drone? They will uh, definitely be looking at well, I hope that there will be a thorough investigation into the crew. They'll look at everyone's qualifications. They'll drug test everybody. They'll look at how much crew rest that crew had. This is could be viewed as a, you know, they could try to spin this as a mishap for the crew or something like that. I, I don't know. I don't know how if they'll try to spin this in some way, but they're going to look at all that stuff. So they're going to figure out if this was criminal or not. Let's see what's going on here. They call the drone into court. Ike, what's up, Ike? Ika, by the way, is a member of the channel. You guys can become a member too by clicking that join button right down below. Game Hopes, if you're heading out, have a great night, evening, uh, where you're at, and I look forward to seeing you again soon. I mean, the DOD has even put a price on every, every body pet, let alone a uh, every body part, let alone a life. TSGLI is like $100,000 if you lose your reproductive organs in the service. That's a great point. Traumatic service member group life insurance. So what Justin's talking about is the TSGLI, which is uh, if you are wounded badly in the service, you actually have a life insurance policy for that. So if you, if you suffer traumatic injuries in the military, you get a portion of your life insurance, and a lot of people don't know about that. I thought the embassy staff destroyed any sensitive information before they left. Well, that would make sense following the destruction procedures, but apparently there was a, a lot of passport. I'm reading this from reports online that apparently there was a lot of passport and uh, PII, personally identifiable information, left behind that the Taliban got a hold of. So that's not good. Um, let's see. Sam I am says, I walked in on reproductive organs. Perfect timing. Harry Lime Pie, what's up? Welcome. Listening on his phone. Welcome to the, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, Harry Lime Pie. Another huge supporter of the channel. Uh, he's got the membership next to his name right there. Scuttlebutt, why was the withdrawal so rushed? I can't believe our military is so sloppy. You know, we've been talking about it a lot, um, and I don't have any real answers for you, except for, yeah, it was a, a crap show. And... There were obviously, you know, now the now the government's been caught in a bunch of lies. So I always give the benefit of the doubt. You know what I mean? I want to believe I do still want to believe that the government's doing their at least their best. 
at least their best. But they've been caught in so many lot in lies these last few weeks that uh, it's hard to know what to think anymore, man. Honestly, um, but but we do have a, a regular show today. We have regular topics to cover, not just depressing, horrifying Civcast uh, updates, which we had to, we had to talk about. But we've got PizzaGate, the real PizzaGate, which is PizzaGate Karen over here. We've got UFOs. We've got the Air Force. In the news today, we've got some video game stuff. We've got a drug dealer going to prison out of the Navy. I have a whole host of things to go over with you guys today. And I want to get right into today's first story because it is a good one. It's an important one. Let's go. Let's get right into it. What do you guys think? Woman accused of assaulting Navy sailor at Berlin Pizza Shop has been arrested. So she has been arrested. Her name's Lori Day Hardens from 45. She's going to be doing some day hard time, if you know what I mean, from Southington, which is a stupid ass name of a town. Sorry if you're from Southington, but damn, if you're going to be from somewhere, might as well be from Southington, like the least creative name of a town of all time. Where are you from? Southington? Where's that? Oh, it's just south of uh, Northington, west of Eastington. Come on, Southington. No wonder they're crazy over there. The woman caught on camera screaming at and hitting a Navy sailor at a Berlin pizza shop last week has been arrested after a warrant was issue issued, police announced on Friday. We covered last week that she had been contacted by police and the news had caught up with her and, you know, kind of doxed her, so to speak. But now she's actually been arrested. She turned herself in for third degrees, third degree assault and a breach of peace in the second degree, which if you guys remember, because I brought up Jonathan Pentland last week, third degree assault was the same charge that he got too. The incident happened at Central Pizza on Mill Street in Berlin on September 11th. The sailor, Sean Nolte, told police that after he was slapped in the face, his face stung for two hours. So that's a, that's a Karen slap right there. That's a strong Karen slap. Like if you're getting a, a two hour face burn, that's some Karen strength. That's Karen power. That's, uh, you know, carrying through the slap, if you know what I mean. The exchange was caught on video. It quickly went viral. We know the deal. She claimed the uniform he was wearing was fake, so they put her on the internet. If you guys aren't following along with this, basically, she approached this guy in uniform. He was wearing his guacamole's Navy Type 3 NWUs. When he went uh, to go get some pizza, she saw him, and she accused him of being a fake, yelling, you're a disgrace to the U.S., you disgrace the USA. She slapped him. She says... I believe he was lying and not actually in the military, which I take very seriously, she continued. I am very sorry for my actions. She hit Nolte twice. She said she has a history of mental health issues and alcohol abuse. And her statement went on to say that Nolte was being sarcastic and then, you know, that he was lying and that. It's just insane. I definitely believe the alcohol part. She looked like she might have been drunk. Put me on the, put me on the, go ahead, put, put me on the, you're a disgrace. That's something a drunk person would say. Let's see. Nolte, his family responded. His aunt and uncle chimed in and said that this person should not even have gotten bond. Should not even have gotten bond. Bond. Bail bond is what I mean. So she should not even have gotten out of, out of uh, jail. But I think that that's a little overboard. I mean, she embarrassed herself. She embarrassed her husband big time, who was in the army. And, uh, and it's going to be a bad, um, a bad day for them. So it says here to see that actually happen to somebody who went to boot camp with my son makes me very angry and she should be accountable to the fullest extent of the law. 
Dayharden's social media profile says she, she has behave. She is a behavioral health care planner at a, at Aetna Health, like health um, coverage or whatever. Behavioral health care planner. How perfect is that? I mean, you can't make this stuff up. You cannot make this stuff up. She's a, she's in behavioral health, but the company said she's no longer employed. So she lost her job. In the arrest warrant, police said they were able to identify Day Hardens after she was recognized by an officer with the Southington Police Department who said he had numerous interactions with her. So she's a she's a known. She's a repeat offender. And there's a little video here. Let's just uh let's see if we can click this and see if this plays and what this video is all about here. Let's see, there might be an ad. There's always an ad. Let's see, what are they trying to sell me? Pizza! Pizza! Oh, no, this is the actual video. 45-year-old Lori DeJardins is her name. She's the one who allegedly slapped a Navy sailor across the face. That sailor telling police in this arrest warrant that the sting lasted for about two hours. That Karen slap strength. This is disgusting. Disgusting. After days of investigating... Show his uniform. Show his uniform. You disgrace the U.S. You disgrace the USA. Unarrest, 45-year-old Lori Southington. That's a drunk-looking drunk uh, booking Charged photo. Charged with assault and breach of peace in the Berlin viral video confrontation at Central Pizza on September 11th with Navy sailor Sean Nolte Jr. On this day, a police officer's business card wedged in the door of her home. Ooh, we knocked. You don't want to come home to that. Answered the door. All right, we're looking for a lorry. Get off my property, please. No Does she have anything she wants to say about what happened at the pizza Ugh, shop? That's rough for the husband. Does she regret what she said? In a statement to police, DeJardins, who hit Nolte twice and berated him for what she thought was a fake uniform, said she has a history of mental health issues and alcohol abuse. Her statement went on to say, quote, he was being sarcastic. I believe he was lying and not actually in the military, which I take very seriously. Continuing... I am very sorry for my actions. Reacting to DeJardin's arrest, Nolte's aunt and uncle in Pennsylvania telling Fox 61, personally, I do not think she should have got bond. At the end of the day, justice was served. The Navy has different uniforms. My son has tons of uniforms. Back outside Central Pizza, Leticia Guerra showed us pictures of her son, also a Navy sailor who just happened to go to boot camp with Sean Nolte. To see that happen to somebody that actually went to boot camp with my son makes me very angry. And she should be held accountable to the full extent of the law for what she did. DeJardin's social media profile saying that she was a behavioral health care planner at Aetna. Aetna responding to inquiries about her employment, saying she is no longer employed. So let's, uh, let's just try, because you guys know me, right? You guys know me. Let's just try to be understanding. You know, if she does, if she if she has serious mental health issues, if she has serious mental health issues and a problem with alcohol, and then she has this this moment, right, this Karen outburst moment, and her husband is maybe you know maybe they got married years ago, twenty years ago, and he's stuck through with her through bipolar, manic depressive, and he knows that she can get like this sometimes, but she's not a bad person, but she has these bad moments. I can be, you know, com I can try to be compassionate. I mean, her, she lost her job. She's getting harassed by the news now. She's getting destroyed by people like me on the internet. And it's, it's a really sad, it's a really sad thing. I do wonder what the other encounters she had with police are. 
you know, mental health issues are, are pretty serious. She could be a danger to herself or others. All this compounding stress of the internet and all this stuff is going to probably not do her any favors either. And so I, I feel actually, uh, I feel like I could empathize for her, sympathize for her, but you know, and I could also be being a bleeding heart and, uh, and maybe she's just an asshole and maybe she doesn't have any mental health issues and that's her, and that's her story. So she gets out of trouble. It just, um, you know, it's just one of those things you can't really know. You can't know. So you have to just try to give everyone a little bit of grace sometimes, which you guys know I do like to do, but the da her, for her, the damage is done. Justice has been served. She's been to jail. She's going to face charges for this. She'll, of course, be found guilty of those things because they're filmed on video, or she'll take some kind of plea down to a lesser charge, or what, it's a misdemeanor anyway. It doesn't really matter. And they'll move on with their lives. We'll forget, and we'll go, hey, remember that pizza Karen lady? Um, you know, next year on the, on the end of year recap for the show, which I'm looking forward to. It was a good time making that end of year video last year. I'm looking forward to doing it again. So I just try to be fair. I just try to be fair. Let's go back and check out some comments here. She should have been locked up. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, what's up? H now. Welcome to the chat. Let's see. Where did I leave? There's been some comments. Let's see. Gets what she deserves. Don't trust anyone over 30. Ouch. I'm 36. UFOs. I like that. Please continue. I will. Arkunkel, what's up? Don't trust anyone over 30. I'm 36. Just so you know, just for your information, you, you have to make some good choices. Max could be a stand-up comedian. Southington, more like trashy tin nuggets. Uh, thank me, Max, for helping you with uncovering that story from WFSB Channel 3 in Hartford, Connecticut. Oh, you oh, awesome. Got it. Not even eight mile. Uh, depend to Karen. Disappointed that Civcast does not actually mean civilian close air support. That would be good. That would be good if it did. Try Karen. Uh, she thought she was he was Joe Biden. <laughs> I believe she doesn't like Hispanic people. Could be. Could be. She was drunk in that super Karen. She thought she was the police. She definitely shouldn't have been bonded. She deserves maximum punishment. She got max punishment today with the way I roasted her. She lost her Karen kill streak. Oh, Ika, Karen kill streak. I do. I like that actually. That's a good one. She's a repeat offender, stuffed crust with Canadian bacon and sausage. Pizza. That's probably what I said. On a positive note, business is booming at Central Pizza. Good for Central Pizza. Let's see. Let's see. This command has gotten zero days since our last Karen incident. That's a good one. I believe the people doing cosplay should be beat down because they are imitating people. Yeah. It's funny, too, because, you know, we talked about this last week about Stolen Valor. Like, at what point is it Stolen Valor? At what point are they just, like, you know, dressing up as something? Or, you know, you've got... I mean, look at, you could just accuse every actor who's ever put on a uniform to play a part as Stolen Valor. You know, it's a, some of these people's standards for Stolen Valor are low. Some of the Karens are just moments like these. Sometimes we got to understand moments like this. Her husband is serving a life sentence. Damn. You know, I'll tell you guys a little, a little anecdote. What's up, Gary Reed in the chat? What is up? Welcome to the show. I'll tell you guys a funny story. I'll tell you guys a funny story. Yesterday, I was at the commissary and... The lines were so long, Sunday afternoon commissary lines, and I'm, you know, I'm waiting in line, but the line's so long, I'm actually in the aisle, the next aisle back. So there's the register, there's people in line, then I created a gap so that people could walk through, and then I'm in the next aisle. I'm in the self-checkout line because I love bagging my own groceries. I am a bagaholic. I love it. I like, there's just a very specific way that I like to do it, and if it gets messed up, that is unacceptable, okay? It goes boxes. You know, things with hard packaging, they go in first, they create the base, 
Then it is things that are not crushable. So things that don't easily get crushed and then crushable things on top of that. And that's how you bag. And every bag should have maximum space utilization. You know, the, the bag should have shape, like rectangular boxy shape when you pick it up. Anyway, I'm sure you guys probably know what I'm talking about. I don't have to tell you guys how important it is to correctly bag, but I'm not interested in having somebody else bag for me. And the other thing at the commissary is baggers at the commissary work for tips only. So they hit you with this, you know, now you've got to, now you've got to give us a couple of dollars because we bagged your things or, you know, you're a bad person. And, and I don't, and I think that it's fine to tip. But I think that the commissary should be paying their workers is what I is my fundamental belief on that. The commissary shouldn't be hiring people off of tips. OK, that's just my two cents on it. OK, pay your employees commissary. It's it's out of control and get better produce. Produce section is garbage. Anyway, I'm standing in line and this woman walks past me with a, uh, a stroller and like an eight year old. And there's a, there's a smaller child in the stroller. The stroller's not for the eight-year-old. And then behind her, coming out from the side of the aisle here, so all I see is, you know, coming out is this cart. All I see is the front of the cart. And she grabs the cart, starts yanking around, goes, right here, stand right here, and don't move. And my presumption was she was talking to another one of her children, but she was talking to her husband like that. And then she's like, Rob, stand right there. Are you an idiot? Can't you see where the line is? And he was clearly in the line. And he tried to like inch up closer in the line. She goes, no, you idiot. Not there. And she's saying it like this in the commissary in front of everybody. And it was getting really awkward. And this older dude who looked like a, like a beach vibe Santa Claus, he goes, I think it's going to be fine. I think we're all going to get through. And she goes, Ugh, and gets on her phone. And I was like, I'm sorry, dude. That's rough. That is rough. And he was just keeping cool. And I don't know what their situation is in their marriage or whatever, but that is no way to talk to somebody. It was really embarrassing. So that, I don't know if she was a dependent or he was a dependent or what the deal was, but it was a disaster. So just a little side story, just a little side story. Let's see where, where some more comments flew in here. You can be understanding of the variables. They lead to the situation, but that doesn't mean she shouldn't be held accountable. Totally. As Pete Davidson says, just because you have mental health issues doesn't mean you're excused from being an asshole. Yes, it could have been much worse. Max, can Max out hair Don Shipley? No, I cannot. No, no. Arkunkel, I'm 70. Damn, Arkunkel. Well, I'm half your age, making me feel young. Um, you know, Don Shipley's hair is kind of amazing. It's, there's no touching it. Like that is really, really, really special hair. Her whole town is serving a life sentence. <laughs> we got an elder in here. Very little wisdom here. Nice. Can you imagine the lines Arlie Ermy would shell out on Pizza Karen? That would be amazing. I have bag OCD. Maybe. I was thinking the same thing, Nuggets. At this point, I don't care about anything else but monkeys, UFOs, pirates, and Star Wars. Well, I've got UFOs for you. Most of the beggars at the Clear Creek Commissary are Korean. Oh, the baggers. In San Diego, uh, they hire, like in, in San Diego, they hired a lot of adults with uh, mental disabilities, uh, developmental disabilities. And that's cool. I like that. I, I can support that. Um, but out here, it's, it's, ja it's Japanese locals and they work for, uh, they work for tips. And I say commissary, you should be paying your employees. I hope they get at least a free meal for every shift or something like that. I thought commissary workers were government employees, not the, well, you know, Gary, if you've probably seen the baggers, they wear those vests that say baggers work for tips only. So it's the baggers that like, I think only the baggers work for tips. I thought when they made federal workers, minimum wage, $15, that also changed for the baggers up. Uh, if that's true, and now you guys make me want to check, 
then they need to do some serious remarketing of that situation because they still wear the vests that say baggers work for tips only. Like it's clear, big letters, baggers work for tips only. So if they're making $15 an hour, that changes everything. I'm, start, I'm gonna start going through that line and I'm just gonna be instructing them how to place my items in my bag. And if they do it wrong, they can do it again for $15 an hour. Joshua, what's up? Welcome to the chat. I don't condone domestic violence, but I can understand it. <laughs> Sometimes that's true, but uh, it's never okay. It is never okay. There it is. He said he can't. Someone owes me money. <laughs> Hello from Sedell, Louisiana. Welcome from Louisiana. How's it going out there? That's actually really awesome of them to hire people with disabilities. I agree. I agree. So I think it is good. I always get a little spun up emotionally when I uh, hear about, you know, people with, with, um, with disabilities, you know, accomplishing things, working, doing stuff, being independent. I saw on ESPN's YouTube channel, they have a documentary right now, came out this weekend, about the first person to complete a full Ironman with Down syndrome. And it was inspirational. I mean, you guys know I'm always talking about people who just eliminate excuses, people who just, you know, put a block of C4 on your excuses and breach them. This is one of those people. So if you guys get a chance after this stream, go check out the ESPN YouTube channel and check out this uh, story about the person with Down syndrome who completed a full Ironman, a full Ironman in the time limit. So go check that out. There is no federal minimum wage. I'm late, so maybe I missed the being. There is no federal minimum wage at all. Ding, fries are done. Wow, that's awesome. I thought there was a federal minimum wage. There's not any federal minimum wage anywhere. I thought that there was. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's go on to the next story because we are falling way behind here. Um, this is a, an interesting one here because of kind of the way this went down. There's an interesting factor here to this story that I want to talk about. Two pilots injured after military training aircraft crashes in Texas, but it's not just the pilots that had their lives kind of messed up by this thing. Let's talk about it. We've got a military training jet crashed Sunday in a neighborhood near Fort Worth, Texas. If uh, maybe if John knows anything about this, injuring two pilots and damaging three homes. This plane actually crashed into homes, which is crazy to me because the pilot's number one objective is to avoid damage to people and property with their aircraft when they're flying, you know, above, above populated areas. Both pilots ejected from the plane before it crashed in Lake Worth, which is just west of Fort Worth. This incident could have been much worse, Lake Worth Fire Chief Ryan Arthur said. Police Chief J.T. JT Manishagan said one of the pilot's parachutes got tangled in power lines and both were being treated for injuries. He said the people who lived in, th in the three damaged homes will be displaced, a.k.a. probably homeless for a while because their homes are jacked up. The neighborhood is located near the Naval Air Station Joint Reserve Base. Officials said multiple representatives from the military were at the crash scene. The aircraft that crashed um, was a T-45 training aircraft, Goshawk. It's a jet uh, training jet that the Navy has. They use special aircraft for training when they're training new pilots on just how to fly fixed-wing, rotary-wing aircraft. They usually have aircraft that are that training version before they go on to their official type aircraft, which would be like an F-18, an F-35, you know, MH-60, whatever their aircraft is. So 
I am shocked when I read this, and I'm I'm thankful that everyone survived. It's kind of a miracle, but I'm kind of shocked that the pilots ejected over a neighborhood and allowed the plane to crash into homes. This is the story. I mean, I'm glad. I am so glad no one was killed. But this is one of those stories that you hear. The pilot heroically steered the aircraft away from homes and crashed into a field or something like that. Because that, the fact that it did crash into people's houses means it's only luck that nobody was home or killed with where the aircraft struck. They, there could have been, you know, a house full of a family of 12 or something, you know, or three families like that with kids and everything, dogs, the whole deal, the whole family. And they could have uh, died a horrible death, you know, jet crashes, explosions, fire, everything. Um, I am really surprised, thankful, but a little surprised that that went down like that. I don't know. What do you guys think? If you were a pilot and your plane was going down, would you risk your own life to stay in the aircraft to make sure it doesn't crash into a house? Or would you eject and say, wherever the aircraft crashes, it crashes? Leave me a comment. Let me know what you guys think about that. So it's a, it's a terrible situation to find yourself in. Like I wouldn't, I don't, wouldn't envy that choice as a pilot and I can't blame them for ejecting. I don't think that there's any doctrine that says they have to remain in the aircraft. They should try to, you know, save people and property at all costs. But man, I'm surprised. I am surprised. Let's see. Let's catch up on a couple comments. I feel terrible about destroying a family sized bag of Doritos. <laughs> The, uh, the states add if the field the need. Oh, the states add to the 725 minimum wage. Are the pilots in trouble? It depends. It, they'll, they'll do in the investigation and to determine what happened with the crash. Don't they have the things on the power lines? Uh, what things do you mean? Didn't a marine jet crash into homes around San Diego a few years ago? Yes, it did. And I think there were casualties as well. At least no one's dead, but that's going to be some serious property damage payment. Yes. If you saw the great Santini, he rode his F4 down to save civilians at the cost of his life. Yes. Yes. I do recall. I watched Marcus Luttrell's speech about him and breaking his legs and crawling seven miles. Yeah. Crazy, crazy story. I don't know if that's exactly, uh, you know, in the same category as the pilots. That's, that's a side note probably. So, you know, we've been talking about UFOs. We've been talking about aliens. The government pretty much said, Hey, aliens are real. Like UFOs are real. We're chilling in other dimensions. You guys don't even care. We don't even care. We just don't care. Who cares? Whatever UFOs, aliens. A new video is out suggesting that the, the UFOs are now stalking the Space Force, which does make sense. And I've got a video here. Let's check it out. Space invaders, shape-shifting tic-tac UFOs buzz U.S. Space Force base tasked by Trump to probe threats from outer space. You guys tell me when you watch this video, does this look legit or, or not? So... This guy, Jason Sarekey, you got there's some things you have to know about this guy before we watch the video. Filmed several strange orbs and pill-like objects over the Air Force Base and posted them to his YouTube channel and Instagram. Here's some stills. Here's some still shots. And we got we're gonna watch the video here in a second. So you can see the uh, the image here. The object appears to be similar to the tic-tac-shaped UFOs we saw before. The aerial phenomena were said to have repeated been repeatedly spotted over Buckley Space Force Base in Aurora, Colorado. U.S. Space Force units are tasked with protecting U.S. satellites orbiting the planet. 
Mr. Sereki shared numerous snippets of footage which showed the objects during broad daylight and night using a night vision camera on his YouTube channel. The objects appear to change shape while others are similar to the infamous Tic Tac UFO. It comes as the U.S. continues to probe UFOs. The Pentagon UAP report confirmed that there have been numerous unexplained encounters between the U.S. military and UFOs. Jason, who lives near the base, believes they are not man-made and has been chronicling his sightings for the past few months. So he is a, a serial UFO reporter. So that is something that you have to know. So is this guy craving the attention? Is he just doing this to get views with just like me? What is he doing? What is the what is the deal here? So let's watch the video. It's short. And you guys tell me if you think that this looks super legit or super bogus. Let's check it out. And this is from the US Sun, by the way, the news reporting outlet. So you can see it there. It is he's got the ultra shaky cam which would make sense if he was using an older phone and he was a uh, super, I don't know, that's like the next article, and he was super zoomed in. If you're very zoomed in with a camera, it's gonna be more shaky, but it does look a little over the top shaky. That's a little bit of a stable shot. The wide angle view, that's the dogs barking in the video. So let's see, we can go over to his YouTube channel. I haven't, let's see, I haven't been over here yet. So let me do this without, before you guys uh, get a chance to see it in case it's really weird. Let's see, it's all UFOs. It's all UFO stuff. Let's see, he's got a, he's got one over here. UFOs flying over his house, he says, that disappears. So he's got a, ter he's got terrible camera control. It doesn't. It says he's filming this with his Galaxy S9, which should be more... St oh, it's attached to binoculars. He says his phone is looking through binoculars. <clears throat> so that explain that does explain the shakiness. So he's got this thing floating overhead in the sky, and I'm looking at it. You know, it does look, you know... Well, that's weird. It, it did just disappear. But the, there's also some focus shifting happening on the camera here. So that could, that whole thing that we just watched could be a result of the focus of the camera. But if you look, the camera is focused far because there's a little bush in the foreground. And because the bush is blurry, like right now I'm looking at this thing. If you're listening on the podcast, what I'm looking at is, the, in, according to him, his phone looking through a pair of binoculars at the top of the screen, you can see the UFO in question. And then at the bottom of the screen, there is a bush. I know it's a bush because at the end of the video, the bush comes in focus. Right now, the bush is out of focus, uh, which means that the, the camera is focused far. That's why it's so blurry. But as, uh, as, it, as the video goes, the focus shifts back to the branch right after the UFO starts to disappear. So hold on. Let's, let's watch it again. Let's pay attention to the focus. You know what's odd is right as the UFO starts to fly away, the video gets very stable, very stable. And then the focus shifts back to the branch, which is uh, quite odd, quite odd. This whole thing could be fake. That could not even be the real sky. That could be something he created in a, in a little home studio. So we'll see. What do you guys think? Are the UFOs stalking the Space Force? Do you guys believe that the truth is out there? Let me know in the comments. I'm curious to hear from you. 
Harry Lime Pie with a $2 super chat to get myself a tinfoil hat. You know what I'll use that $2 for? A tall boy Orion that I will then break down into an aluminum hat. Thank you very much, Harry Lime Pie. That is uh, That support goes a long way to making the Scuttlebutt show the best it can be. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, the Let's see. Saying UFOs are real isn't saying aliens are real. Justin, they just said that they had a righteous strike in Afghanistan. So... The truth is out there, man. UFOs. Saying UFOs aren't real isn't saying aliens are real. I mean, Space Force can use uh, ICBMs, so no wonder the aliens are scared. No doubt. I feel like we don't need any other evidence to say UFOs are real. I mean, Roswell. Why do aliens always probe our butts? Max, I sent a video to you of these VFX artists breaking down alien sightings. Oh, great. I'll check that out. Um, oh, I, I have already seen it. Yeah, you did. You sent that to me a while ago, right? I saw that. I saw that. Filmed on a super potato. Yes, that's right, H&R. That's about what it looked like. So we've, ta- we've talked about all the alien stuff and, uh, and some, some of my thoughts on it. I believe Jason likes believing they are not man-made, for sure. Until I see one in person, eh. All I see is a spotlight, a spot in the sky. It could be anything. You guys saw my alien encounter video. You guys saw it. On, it's, and if you have not seen my alien encounter video from Paso Robles, go back to my channel after this and look up aliens on my channel, and it'll pop up, and you guys can watch it. Eric, if you were an alien, would you probe a butt? Hey, I'll tell you guys, great alien UFO encounter story, Fire in the Sky. True story. The movie Fire in the Sky is a true story about an alien abduction and the the actual account of events behind that is remarkable. If there is one UFO abduction story that could make you a believer, it's that one. So if you guys are not familiar with the Fire in the Sky story, I suggest going and checking out that movie or finding out any of the other information. I think the guy's name is like Trevor or something like that. Go check that out. It's insane. Maybe the reason why UFO recordings are such low quality is that the UFOs have a reflective material that disrupts cameras. Boom. That makes sense to me. Could be Scientology though. True. He's also advertising some garbage bino NVGs at the bottom of the description of that vid. Sus. Oh, great catch, h Great catch. That is suspect. If aliens were real, it would be a bad news. It would be bad news. Be good news for me. I don't care what happens next. I just wanted to, I just want to see. Have you ever seen a recruiting video from Space Force? Yes, we did. We did the top, uh, top military recruiting videos. By the way, guys, should we revisit that? Would you guys like another top military recruiting videos video? If you would, just uh, let me know in the, in the comments and I will make, I will start making it happen. Scuttlebutt, have you ever seen a recruiting video? Yes. Max, today... We're beta Battlefield Mobile. When are you going to encounter that? Oh, good question. I'll have to go check it out. That's a great movie. Yes, Alex, Fire in the Sky. So we got to keep moving here. Oh, we really got to keep moving. So I'm going to make this next one really quick. The next two stories I'm going to make quick. Here we go. We've got former Navy sailor sentenced to prison for distributing deadly fentanyl pills. And there's a twist here. He, uh, this is like murder. So this is crazy. A former U.S. Navy sailor was sentenced today in U.S. District Court in Seattle to four years in prison and three years of supervised release for the distribution of fentanyl, announced for by the, the U.S. attorney up there. His name's Ivan Armenti. He's 21 years old. He was already separated from the Navy and taken into federal custody on August 7, 2020. So he's already been in, you know, in prison for a year. Armenta provided pills tainted with fentanyl to another sailor who died of a drug overdose. At the sentencing hearing... The judge noted that Armenta had been warned the pills could be deadly, but still shared them with his friends. So he knew, he knew that these pills were 
potentially, you know, cut with something else. And he gave them, sold them to people anyway. What a POS. I mean, already don't be a drug dealer in the military. But then if you are and you knowingly are handing out dirty drugs, how is four years his sentence? Why is it not 4,000 years? It should be four. four put him in for 4,000 years. There's some, of course, responsibility on the person who bought and did the drugs. You can't ignore that. And this was had to have been part of a larger you know, scenario where people were doing drugs on the ship. But this person should be facing a lot more than four years. Overdose statistics of fentanyl are grim. They're up 82% in the first half of 2021. The pills are manufactured to look like legitimate pharmaceuticals, and that's why they can result in death to the user. It doesn't say, I don't think it says what the uh, what they thought it was. The investigation began April 18, 2020, when a Navy sailor was found dead in his workspace aboard a Navy ship. In his pocket were two counterfeit pills that were laced with fentanyl. The NCIS were able to identify Armenta as the sailor who provided the pills. The investigation revealed that Armenta himself had become ill after taking the pills. Further, Armenta had received a warning from a contact in SoCal, Southern California, that the pills were causing fatal overdoses. Nevertheless, Armenta purchased more pills from his source. What a dirtbag. What a, what a dirtbag. And provided the pills to four Navy sailors. Two became ill. One was revived by Narcan and one was found dead. This is insane. Counterfeit at the sentencing, prosecutors said counterfeit prescription pills containing fentanyl like those distributed by Mr. Armenta pose a unique and substantial danger to overdose. The fact that these pills are manufactured to look like a Percocet increases the likelihood that they will be taken not only by those who intend to take fentanyl, but also by individuals like the victim who believe they are taking nothing more than potent than oxycodone. So they thought it was opiates. So this is, again, we're talking about an opiate issue here, which is very common across the military. Prosecutors alleged charges uh, have also charged those who distributed the pills to Armenta. So that's a person named Chase Friedrich who supplied the pills to Armenta. He was arrested in Des Moines, Washington. Uh, they found 100 counterfeit pills in his apartment. His supplier, Raul Normandia, was arrested April 24, 2020 in Federal Way, Washington. In his vehicle, they found cocaine. MDMA, firearms, ammunition, body armor, narcotics, and various signs of the drug trade, including scales, baggies, heat sealers, and more. So that's probably the, the big dog. That's probably the big dog. He pled guilty with a conspiracy to distribute drugs, and he, was sent, he is being sentenced in October. Friedrich pled guilty, and he will be sentenced in October. This case was investigated by NCIS and the Kitsap County Sheriff's Office as part of the West Sound Narcotics Enforcement Team and is being prosecuted by the assistant United States attorney, Lindsey Schmaltz. So I don't know. Did we miss that story about the sailor who, like a couple years ago, the sailor who was found dead in his ship from a, from a fentanyl overdose? I might have missed that one, but now we have an update on it. At least they got to the bottom of what happened. You got to put some responsibility on the people who are using illegal drugs. Everyone should know. We talk about it on the show. Everyone should know you buy drugs off the street. You have to accept the risk that you could die. That's it. It's that simple. You buy drugs off the street, there's a real chance you could die. And, and there's almost a 100% chance that the thing you're buying is not what you think it is. That's become a crisis on the streets. So just something to consider for all the people out there who might find themselves in this situation one day. Say no to drugs. That's it. It's that easy. It's that easy. Let's see. Ika says in the chat, how would the reproduction process be with aliens? That's a whole nother episode. 
Max, if you do a gaming stream tonight, you should do a Gardic phone with the viewers. What is that? Gardic phone with the viewers. I don't know what that is. I want a, another drone breakdown. Okay, got it. Seven gigs. Sorry, 10 gigs were the HD pack download. Uh, I missed something there. Damn, he knew. Yes, he did. He knew, and that's what the worst part is. What if we were all in a giant alien race and we were in a simulation? Boom. I like that. I would love to see Breaking Bad, but it's military officers. It's We've we've covered it. We covered the actual military Breaking Bad uh, in a past episode. Dave Cool, what's up? Fenty is a killer. Don't do drugs, kids. M30s probably. Oxy. What's up, Dave? Great to see you. Dave putting in the work out there in the streets in San Diego, trying to keep drugs off the streets. Let's see. That's another bastard off the street. Do drugs legally. Gandhi. Didn't know that was a Gandhi quote. Always grow your own. There you go. If you can't grow it, don't buy it. Ugh. I was doing better with the haikus. All right. We've got a couple more stories here. First one's going to be really quick. And, uh, and then we've got one nice one at the end there. These are actually two nice stories. No Stu Scheller updates, but trust me, I am following along with that. Um, this if there's any updates with that, if there's any updates with Stu Scheller, you guys will hear it. I just want to take a minute to, to remind you guys, becoming a member of this channel or a patron are great ways to support the channel. Check out the join button below this video or the links in the description down below for all the ways to support the channel. You can get yourself a super legit t-shirt like I'm wearing right now or the Midrat shirt or any of our other great merch that's available in our online store at scuttlebuttshow.com. You can also go... If you do become a patron with the elite patron tier, you get a free t-shirt on your second month of membership. If you join as a member for as little as $2.99, you can get immediately a 10% discount to the online store. So you become a member, you want to get a t-shirt, become a member, then buy the shirt from the online store. It's the same as buying the shirt anyway. So, and the same thing with Patreon, you get the same 10% discount. As soon as you join as a member or a patron, you get the discount code and you can apply that at checkout. So all that and more in the links in the description down below. Get yourself my Amazon link to this amazing water bottle right here, which I rely on to stay hydrated all day. It's my favorite water bottle I've ever had. You can drink two of these a day and know that you're getting your right amount of water. All that and more. Check it out. Links in the description down below. You guys know the deal. And it's great to see you again on this Monday out here in Okinawa. Speaking of Stu Scheller, speaking of the Marine Corps, the next story I have is from the Marines. And it is this. Website launched... For all active duty Marines looking to compete in esports. So are you a Marine and are you thinking about getting your game on, like really turning it up a notch? This is for you. We've talked about esports. We've talked about military esports. We've talked about how Army esports went crazy and got banned from Twitch or whatever. But a new website was recently launched to give active duty Marines the opportunity to compete in video game tournaments on all Marine teams. So now you can basically start recruiting for the Marine Corps without even it being your job. You can do it on your off time. This is kind of a scam, in my opinion. Marine Corps Gaming is the service branch's unofficial platform to connect Marines to military esports and to one another, said Captain Michael McGiddy, who has the greatest job in the entire Marine Corps. How do you become the captain of the video game team, like leading the initiative to get more Marines gaming? Is this the right way? Is this the right path? To get more Marines on these online games, this can't, there's just no scenario in which this ends well. Have you guys ever played an online game? Have you guys ever heard the chat? Ugh. Talk about setting yourself up for failure. So he's spearheading what he hopes will become the official esports program within the core. In addition to community building, the website will be used to identify gaming talent for the December 10th Call of Duty Endowment Bowl, where apparently you get to marry the 
your favorite character in Call of Duty if you win? No, I don't know. It just says an endowment bowl, an annual tournament pitting the best in Call of Duties of service branches, teams against one another. Maybe we'll have to watch that and uh, and do and do a live stream commentary on that. December 10th. Okay, we'll have to make a note. The Call of Duty Bowl is the biggest stage to highlight the community in a way that the Marine Corps will understand it. The, he's the emergent, te emergent Technologies Officer for Recruiting Command. It will open a lot of eyes in a good way. In 2021, the tournament will be held aboard the aircraft carrier Intrepid in New York City and will include a Coast Guard team for the first time. In all, nine esports teams from the U.S. and U.K. will be competing. That sounds awesome. How do I get involved? He says it's inspiring to see the growth of gaming within our military along with the connectedness, resiliency, and esprit de corps drives. So here's a little preview for the... Uh, for the Call of Duty Endowment Bowl from Twitter. What's up, everybody? I'm Captain Flo Groberg, and I am here to tell you. Whoa, I was not expecting that. He's a Medal of Honor recipient for tackling a suicide bomber in Afghanistan. So that's insane. Wow. Cat Army Captain Florin Groberg calling people out to the Call of Duty Endowment Bowl. Whoa, that's huge. An incredible organization for U.S. and U.K. veterans. The Call of Duty Endowment. The endowment helps vets find high quality careers by supporting groups that prepare them for the job market and by raising awareness of the value that us vets bring to the workplace. Since its founding in 2009, the endowment has placed more than 85,000 veterans into high quality jobs. We're talking about changing the lives of veterans and their families forever. Today, we have an exciting announcement. The annual Cold Bowl event returns on December 10th and will be bigger and better than ever. Here's a sneak peek of the 2021 Code Bowl presented by USAA. The Code Bowl is back on December 10th, 2021. Watch as US and UK military esports teams battle Goats it out and glory. the legendary aircraft carrier Intrepid in New York City, hosted by Legion and featuring some of your favorite Call of Duty League creators. This action-packed tournament oh, is one you don't want to miss. Watch players from the US Army, Navy, Marine Corps, Coast Guard, Air Force, Space Force, as well as Space the British Force, Royal Navy, go. and Royal Air Force duke it out to benefit the Call of Duty Endowment, which helps U.S. and U.K. veterans find high-quality jobs after their service. So prime your loadout and get ready for thrilling Call of Duty competitive play alongside some of the biggest names in the scene. Be sure to follow at Call of Duty Endowment on Instagram and Facebook and at Code for Vets on Twitter for more Code Bowl announcements and tell us which team you're rooting for. Get ready for Code Bowl 2021. Whoa, that actually changed everything for me. Now I'm super stoked on that. We're going to have to live stream that. We're going to have to get involved with that somehow and like run our own live stream, a watch party on this. And we'll, uh, and I'll do my own kind of commentary on it where I don't know that much about Call of Duty. By the way, if you guys are wondering if we're gaming today, the answer to that is yes. Immediately after this stream, we will be launching a game. I just downloaded Call of Duty Vanguard, so I want to try that. So maybe we'll jump on and play a few rounds of Call of Duty Vanguard, the new World War II shooter, and we're going to kind of, you know, play through that, see how that's going. So that's what we're going to be doing today. So stay tuned for that immediately after this. So the website, but, you know, all of this, it looks all cool, but then I went to the actual... Um, <coughs> I went to the actual website in here and all they have. So this is not the official Marine Corps gaming team. This is like a kind of combined with the Marine Corps in association with the Marine Corps, effectively like discord channel. 
And if you guys know Discord, there's a Scuttlebutt Show Discord. It's linked in the description, which I lost control of months ago. It is the people's platform. The Scuttlebutt Show Discord is the people's platform. You guys go do whatever you want in there. I have totally lost control of it. Um, I hope you guys are enjoying meeting each other and talking with each other in there. That's the most important thing. But when I went on here earlier, join your fellow Marines on Discord. They only allow active duty Marines and there's only like 37 people in it, including like uh, moderators and all that stuff. So it's brand new, brand new. But if you're a Marine and you're interested in that, it means you could get in on the ground floor and start getting to know people. And maybe your next job in the Marine Corps could be pro gamer. I don't know. Is that something you guys want to do? Just, you know, drop me a comment if you want to be a pro gamer. Let me catch up on the comments here. Let's go. What is going on in the comments? Did you ever see a documentary in the drug craze in America in the 1980s and 90s? I've seen a bunch of documentaries on it. Uh, Gardic Phone is a drawing game with abilities to invite 30 people. Oh, interesting. Marines love games. Yep. Hell yeah. When we were going to get competitive crayon eating tournaments. Yep. Guess I'll throw my crayons away, Ark Uncle says. Patrons are tier one JSOC members, be tier two average operators. Yeah, there you go. The average patron. There is no, there is no average patron. You guys are all up, above and beyond. There are no average members either. There's a lot of angry, foul-mouthed people when playing online, for sure. Larry, you are correct. There's a lot of, uh, you know, ists and icks that are out there. It's very true. Esports to the military is like candy to a windowless van. Ooh, that's a great, that's a great metaphor, Jesse. That's really good. Uh, Ika says, as a member, you can be half as cool as me. It's the dude that linebacker tackled a jihadi. Yep, absolutely. That guy's a hero. Can't believe it. To save his men, tackled a suicide bomber. Unbelievable. I think that looks really great, MC says. Yeah, we're going to have to check it out. Team Scuttlebutt already looks better than the Super Bowl, H. says. Heck yeah. All right, guys, one more story, and we're going to get out of here for today. And, uh, and it's a nice one, another employment opportunity story, which I always like to see. Nine Line Apparel enters into partnership agreement with the U.S. Army. So you guys know Nine Line Apparel, the helicopter with the uh, rescue hoist coming down for the N in Nine Line Apparel. Nine Line also being how you call in... Um, Metavacs slash bomb drops use a nine line form. A Savannah business will continue its commitment to employing military veterans. Tuesday afternoon, Nine Line Apparel signing a partnership agreement with the U.S. Army to become part of the Army's partnership for youth success. That program guarantees those soldiers leaving the Army five job interviews and possible employment after their service in the Army. So that's great. Nine Line's hiring vets. Let's uh, let's see from Tyler Merritt, the CEO and co-founder of Nine Line. It's time to feel the frenzy. After this advertisement plays, so we got to wait for the uh, the local news ad. Sometimes if you just leave a video up too long, the ad clip makes you watch it again, even if you uh, have tried to click it before. Scam. Total scam. Right. Savannah Business has decided it will continue its commitment to employing military veterans. This afternoon, Nine Line Apparel signed in the a papers. deal with the U.S. Army to become a partner for the Army's Youth Success Program. Program guarantees that soldiers oh, leaving the, the Army will have five the job interviews and possible employment after their service in the Army. It's an incredible opportunity for us. Um, I think what other organizations, other um, community leaders should realize that people leaving the military, hiring them is not uh, a, a charitable action. It, it is something that, you know, they're gaining. We can tell. I like that. I like that he says, don't look at hiring veterans as charity. You're gaining a, a talented, hardworking person who's ready to, you know, put out their best effort. That's a great line. That's a great quote. Young folks that when they think about an opportunity in the Army for enlistment, 
when they're done, they get to leave the Army and to have a, a corporation like Nine Line, who's already guaranteed a, a priority or a prioritized employment opportunity, come down here, check it out, interview. During today's ceremony, three current high school seniors from Savannah officially enlisted in the Army. They'll begin their service after they complete high school. Nice. So we're looking at uh, Nuggets there, who's uh, still in high school, getting ready to join the Marine Corps after he gets out. Nuggets always in the chat. So guys, um, those nine-line shirts, they're not bad. They're 40% as comfortable as the shirts on scuttlebuttshow.com. So make sure you guys do get over to scuttlebuttshow.com and check out all the cool merch that we have out there with way more coming. As soon as I get it in the mail, I can put it out live to you guys. So I've got a giant merch drop coming soon. It's going to be great. So make sure you guys are checking out for updates, for new merch drops. Sometimes I do a soft launch and they become available a couple of days before I announce them. So you guys can check it all out at scuttlebuttshow.com. Ultra, I mean, once you put these shirts on, you're going to want to keep, you're going to want to only wear scuttlebuttshow.com shirts. I'm telling you that. Let's see. Got to love deeds like this. We should play Gardic, Gardic phone. I'm going to have to check that out. College so I can go OCS, baby. There you go. There you go. And then into the core. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for today's show. Thank you to everybody you watched. Thank you to everybody listening on the podcast. I really appreciate you guys. I don't say it enough. Let's see. It says that they also get a $10,000 tax break for hiring a vet with a disability rating. Yep, that doesn't hurt. That doesn't hurt. You might as well take your benefits where you can get them. Hiring vets gives you that priority uh, status with the government with taxes and everything like that. Being a disabled veteran, I know it's nothing to be happy about to be rated as a disabled veteran, but it gives you great hiring preferences as well. So you have a better chance to get a job in the future after you get out. As a reminder, you guys, Skip's YouTube commercials. Uh, you know, I have to check out that Brave browser. A lot of people are telling me about it. Maybe I'll get work on a sponsorship for them for the show or something like that. Always looking for sponsors for the Scuttlebutt show. If you guys know anybody who might make a good sponsor, send them my way. I'm happy to throw in some commercials and try to sell you guys more stuff. I love it. I love trying to sell you guys stuff. It's one of my favorite parts of the show, to be honest. I just want you to buy Scuttlebutt show merch. That's what I want. And so I'd love to hear what you guys want more of on the show, on the merch, all that stuff. I'm always interested in hearing from you at the Gmail, scuttlebuttshow at gmail.com or on Instagram. Just find me anywhere you can find me at the Scuttlebutt Show. Stay tuned. After this, we're going to be launching the Call of Duty Vanguard beta and playing through that. HNOS says, my Scuttlebutt t-shirts are more comfy than a nine-line whoopee jacket. 100% fact. Thank you very much. And that's going to be about the end of the show for now of the normal Scuttlebutt show. Thank you guys for being here. It's always a pleasure. We're back on a new week. It's going to be a great week. We have Rob Sweetman back on the show at the end of this week, and we are going to get weird with it. I promise that episode is going to get a little out of this world, okay? A little a little uh, philosophical, a little science fiction-y, a little everything, okay? A little quantum. You name it, we got it coming up this Thursday in the United States. It's going to be an awesome live stream for our next installment, the fourth now of these sleep impact talks that we're doing. It's going to be amazing. So I look forward to seeing you guys there. Put it in the calendars. I'll be putting the event out soon. With all that being said, I appreciate you guys so much. It's great to be back with you this week. It's going to be an awesome, awesome week. I'm working on the studio tour video. Uh, also, it's just when I started to do it, I have so much stuff. But it's in work, so that's coming soon. And with all that being said, I look forward to talking to you guys shortly. And until then, that's the Scuttlebutt.